Good morning, church. How are you doing? Happy Sunday to you. Hello, everybody at home. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord today, and we have a great message for you. Let's start out with a great song called Everlasting God.
Yes, he is an everlasting God, isn't he? Be, have your faith and he will be there for you always. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Sing like never before, and oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, there's a new day dawning, and time to sing your song again. What may pass, whatever lies before me, let us be singing in the evening come. Oh, bless the His holy name Sing like never before Oh, my soul Worship His holy name See, you're rich in love And you're slow to anger Your name is great And your heart is kind all of your goodness i will keep on singing ten thousand reasons my heart will find bless the lord of my soul oh, oh my soul and worship his holy Sing like never before, oh my soul, and worship His holy Sing like never before, O oh my soul, and worship his holy name. That's what we're here for, to just worship his holy name. And to, when you worship, just, just give yourself up in the name of the Lord and just worship his holy name. Let the music and the words just kind of take you over. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship his holy name. Great stuff, right? It really is. 
Okay, this third song we're going to do here is a, a neat one called Open Up the Heavens. I've waited for the day gathered in your name, calling out to you. The glory like a fire, awaken desire, burn hearts with truth. Cause you're the reason we're here. social media and then all of a sudden you come out and you see a crowd 
Uh, well, anyway, it's so good to see all you. I see some faces that haven't been here in a while, so thanks for coming. We love you all. Uh, yeah, so today we just have a few announcements. Um, so the elementary, Margaret's going to be teaching the elementary on Facebook Live today at uh, 1230. She's going to be teaching on all of my past, all of my past. I know a lot of us want to give all of our past over to God. Um, the youth, Sully, is going to be teaching. Sully and Karen are going to be teaching on YouTube Live today at 1230. And it's going to be Hit Him With The Rock. It's all gonna. It's gonna be all about King David, his story, and how he was able to conquer uh, Goliath um, through and get the victory through, you know, spending time with God. And it, he's gonna talk about how we need to spend time in the Word, how we need to pray, and how we need to sing praises unto God. Because all those three things, if we're constantly doing them, it helps us get the victory over any obstacles or challenges in our life. Then also, I just want to, we've been talking about the election. It's election time. Did you realize that between 25 and 40 million born-again Christians did not vote in 2016? Imagine the impact if every born-again Christian voted, especially when you think about the fact that local races can be decided by a few thousand or a few hundred votes. Local races like school board races. We have to make sure that we are not being misled by the media or, um, or making decisions based on who we like better. Uh, elections are not popularity contests. Instead, we need to focus on the actual positions of each candidate's platform. We also have to remember that the only hope for our country is in God. It's not in the Democrat Party. It's not in the Republican Party. And, you know, I actually looked at my sample ballot, and I'm voting for some Democrats, I'm voting for some Independents, and I'm voting for some Republicans. We should vote for the candidates that hold to the most biblical principles. Vote for candidates with a biblical worldview, supported by Scripture, with people of faith around them who love God. We focus so much on the presidential election, but often the other elections, like school board, district attorney, state legislature, Congress, state propositions, and county measures are so important. This year, there's a, a, a district attorney candidate who is, uh, who's a socialist and doesn't want to enforce the criminal law, doesn't want to enforce the law against people who break the law. Uh, there's a Measure J that will defund essential workers $500 million and police officers by $500 million in this election. So we need to be focused on those races. Uh, and if you need more information on these races, you can text my dad or me a picture of your ballot. A lot of people have been texting me pictures of the school board races and asking me to uh, do research to, to give them information about who, who is going to be against the new uh, sex education law here in California. And uh, I'm happy to do that. I've done that for several people. Uh, I've developed a lot of relationships just in the last week with board members. And honestly, most of the board members don't even know what the sex education law is. It's really unfortunate. So um, I also have information for the Bonita Unified School District in San Dimas, Azusa, Charter Oak, and Walnut. And if there's another race, just text me a picture of that, and I'll get some information for you. I know we have a lot of families in La Puente, in West Covina, in Baldwin Park. Please text them to me, to my dad or me, and I'm happy to get information for you on those races as well. We live in a country where we have the opportunity to vote, and there are a lot of countries where people do not have the freedom to vote. We need to pray before we vote. We need discernment in who to vote for. 
because as the end times draw near, many of God's people will be led astray for lack of discernment. We need to ask God's help in how to cast our ballots. So I hope that's all uh, helpful to you. We also have some websites. I think Bill's going to put them up on the broadcast. For your state and local races, uh, you can visit electionforum.com. And if you just go to the menu and you click election and you click voter guide, then you'll have to navigate to California and LA County. There's a lot of good information for you uh, for, for the election in that regard. Then also on the state propositions, if you go to savecalifornia.com and you click on the banner, there's a banner that says Pro Family Election Center. That'll give you a lot of good information on the state propositions as well. Uh, so then, then also, Operation Christmas Child. We had Kim Critchfield come from Samaritan's First. It was awesome last Sunday. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, free plastic shoeboxes that you can pick up and fill up with stuff for kids overseas. It's so important that we are still committed to missions. Some facts are that, you know, well, one, these little plastic shoeboxes are great because they're a gift in of themselves because kids in other countries can use them as a pail for clean water, for fresh water, and they can take it back home. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but some unreached people groups won't get a full translation of the Bible in their lifetime. I follow, uh, I watch uh, the Wild Brothers, and, and their dad is, is translating the Bible in, from Wano, it's a, a tribal language, in, uh, from English into their tribal language in Wano, and it's going to take a whole lifetime to translate the Bible. So missions is so important. There's so many people who don't have a full version of the gospel. Then also two-thirds of mission work around the world comes from the United States. We here in the United States are being used as God's vessel to reach the nations. So it's so important that we're involved and engaged in this mission work uh, in reaching the nations, even during COVID, even during COVID time. Uh, and then also I want to let you know the boxes are due November 22nd. You've got like five weeks, four or five weeks to go and fill up those boxes. So please go fill up the boxes. You know, tell your friends and family. Uh, a lot of times, even if they're not Christians, they'll be interested in wanting to help kids overseas. So definitely participate in that. And we really appreciate that. And then lastly, uh, you can give your offering or your tithes in this red box over here on the table. Uh, you can give online. Bill's going to put the uh, website online. It's newheartforyou.com slash give dash online. Or you can mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. And lastly, you know, on the election, you can vote and you can also share with your friends and family about who you're voting for and why. You know, that's, that's important also. Uh, and we can take our faith when we vote. You know, we talk about, you've heard about separation of church and state. That doesn't mean we can't have our faith inform our voting. It means we don't want the Church of England or the Catholic Church making our decisions in government. There's a difference. We can take our faith with us when we vote. So anyway, thank you. Have a great day. And See, every Sunday battle we have with the uh, clips.
A weapon may be formed, it will not prosper. When darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve, he knows how to triumph. My God will never fail. Isn't that right? Cause my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the path belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the path belongs. To you, Lord. The power in the mighty name of Jesus. The battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know how the story, the story ends. Cause I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you For the battle belongs to you, Thank you, Brother Ron, for ushering in the presence of the Lord. Can you sense him here on the lawn today? What a glorious God that he meets us wherever we are at, whether at, at home, at work, 
at church. God is a God that is ever present with us. So, Father, I just thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that's come to minister to your people, to love them, encourage them, and strengthen them in the way that they must go. In Jesus' name, amen. Just take a moment and just let the Holy Spirit fill your hearts because, you know, that's the difference that we have to get the victory when we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, sweet Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for bringing him to us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. Well, hello, everyone. We want to welcome you to New Heart Four Square Church, and we're glad to have you here today because we're going to give you an honest-to-goodness, real-life lesson on how to experience the change that lasts. In fact, that's the title of today's message, The Change That Lasts. We're going to talk about the keys to changing your life to be more like Christ. Isn't that what we want to be? Not like Mike. We want to be like Christ. Now, how many of you know that the Bible says we're supposed to change? Some people might say, well, I've accepted the Lord. What more do I need to do? Well, if you look in the Bible, it says we're supposed to be conformed into his image. We're supposed to take on Christ. We're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds to know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? That word transformed means like a metamorphosis, like a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. Now, how many of you like caterpillars? Some of you guys do. Even a girl likes caterpillars. I don't like caterpillars. They're squirmy. They're slimy. They're, you know, but some people like them just to crawl on their hands. But how, how, much, how many people like butterflies? Now, that's better. Yeah, butterfly, butterfly, butterfly. So you can be either a caterpillar or a butterfly. Now, butterflies are think people that you want to be around. They're pleasant. They're nice. They're kind. They're, they're, they flow with everything. That's a butterfly. That's what we want to be. Now, how many of you have heard that saying, the Lord loves me just the way I am? Have you heard that? Is that true? He, he it's half true. He loves you, but not the way you are. He wants to change you. You know, when he would save people, he'd say, go and sin no more. At least a worse thing come upon you. Well, you know, God is wanting to change us. He, he doesn't want us just to stay where we're, where we're at. He doesn't want to say, okay, I know you've been living a bad life. Now you've accepted me. Just do the best you can. You know, just, just I know you're not wired to be holy and everything. Just whatever, I'll still love you. No, he's still working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, I know when I first met my lovely wife, Mary Ann, 37 years ago, she loved me with an everlasting love. She said, who could resist this cute little Italian guy? You know, the guy, manly physique, coarse complexion, dark wavy hair, congenial personality, brown piercing eyes. Who could resist this? So within 10 weeks, we got married. And then some changes had to happen. <laughs> we got our apartment, and I brought in my beautiful bachelor couch and, and uh, furniture. And she said, oh, no, this has got to go. I said, got to go? What do you mean, got to go? 
the beautiful couch that I've spent many nights watching ball games and falling asleep, this couch that I've loved, you mean we got to let it go? She said, you got to let it go. And her scripture she used was, lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you. This was a weight. I said, well, what are we going to do with it? She says, give it away. I go, you got to be kidding me. This is my life story in this couch. Well, it didn't stop there. She said, the next thing we have to change is your clothes. I go, really? She goes, like that gray Pendleton that you wear. It's old. It's, it's worn out. But I said, it's comfortable. It fits me just, just right. I like it. And she kept telling me and telling me, and I wouldn't change. So as I was walking by one day, she grabs the pocket of it and pulls it down and says, oh, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to get us a new shirt for you. <laughs> so now we have new couches. We have a new, I have new shirts, and I feel so much better. You know, God's not trying to make you change so that you're uh, more miserable or less uh, uh, satisfied. He, he wants to change you so that you can be better. And I'm so much happier now with our new couch. I'm so much happier with my new sh shirt. Now, because sin is not a good thing that God wants to deprive us of. You, you might say, well, if God just wouldn't put all these rules, we could just live our lives and do whatever we want. But God's saying, no, I want to show you a better life, a life that's free from, um, from lust and from anger and from contempt of others, from fear and anger dominating. I want to bring you up a new level to a place where you can be, where you can be happy in my presence. Can I get an amen? We have to put off the old man and put on the new. Amen. When we turn to Christ and we receive his forgiveness, we experience a heart change. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Some people say he's a weird creature. No, you're a new creature. Some of you youth, when you go to school and, they, and you tell them about the things that you know about the Lord and how you want to live for him, they go, well, that's weird. Weird. You mean you don't want to take drugs? You don't want to sleep around? You don't want to do That's weird. No, it's not weird. It's how we have to change. Now, Americans spend around $776 million a year on how to change their behavior. They're trying to change themselves, but the answer is clear in the Bible that you can have it for free. You can change yourself with God's help, and it doesn't cost you anything. The first thing that he changes is our heart. Our heart changes. When God touches our heart, when he comes down and he gets on the inside of us, that love that we have, we want to share and experience it with others. Is that not right? You, you're changed. You, you, you want to please him because he's touched you. And his goodness and his love, you want to share with others. And I know when I first got saved, you remember when you first got saved, you wanted to tell everybody. Oh, man, I just... Gave my life to the Lord. He came in. Oh, he's so wonderful. He forgave me of all my sins. He's given me life. I'm so excited. And when I told my friends, you know what they said? Well, that may be good for you. We'll see how long it lasts. But I said, this is the change that lasts forever. I'm never going to change back. This is the change that keeps me in line because it's him guiding and directing me. Praise God. The Bible says in Revelation, don't leave, don't um, lose your first love. Don't lose that love that you have when God talked to you. So we need to be 
inwardly transformed so that our personality and deeds of Christ naturally flow out of us. Just, it's a natural thing. When you put your uh, heart to the word of God, you know, we love Bindi, and, and Bindi's uh, newly accepted the Lord, and so she's trying with all of her might to do what God has called her to do. And so she, um, she said she was reading Titus, and she looked at there, and there was 32 things that she needed to do to live a life for Christ. 32. You want to hear some of them? Pure in thought, even-tempered, self-controlled, no fits of rage, sound in faith, stand firm in your beliefs, sound in love, truly love one another, sound in endurance, don't faint or give up easily, and it goes on and on and on. And so she tried to do this, and she, was, she, she, she saw it in the Bible, and she started to say, this is what I want to do. She got in the car, she drove two blocks, and somebody cuts her off, and guess what happened? Just threw that thing out the window. <laughs> she said some things that we just can't repeat here at church, some non-complimentary uh, quotations. But we have to know that when, when we accept Christ, he puts his spirit on the inside of us. Our spirit and God's spirit gets mixed up so that we can't tell the difference. But we have to let him take control over our lives. Amen? Now, I want to tell you something. I used to play baseball a lot. Of course, you know that. And when I was in baseball in uh, junior college, I used to play second base. But I wanted to try out and see what the pitchers, you know, I wanted to, be, I wanted to pitch a little bit. So the coach says, okay, just, you know, work out with the pitchers. And so every day before practice, they would do a drill. I mean, I'm talking about every day for months. And the drill was you throw the ball to home plate, and the coach hits the ball towards first base, and the pitcher runs over to first base to make the catch and touch the bag and make it out. And I said, well, why do we have to do it every day? I mean, come on. It, do it once or twice, and we got it. But they kept doing it. They say you have to do it every day, every day, every day. And so I said, okay, well, I'll do it. I'm an obedient, you know, baseball player. And so one day I was pitching on the mound, and I threw a ball, and the guy hit it towards first base. Now my eyes saw it, and my legs started running. I went, whoa, that was amazing. Uh, there was a control that was put in my heart that seemed a certain, you know, stimulus, I had an immediate reaction. That's what we have to have, an immediate reaction to what is happening in our life. No, and there's, okay, I'm going to show you something. There's, there's three types of wills. You ready for this? Are you still with me? Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> hold on now, hold on, hold on. Okay. There's the impulsive will. That means you see something and you, do, you just impulsively react. You know, like a baby. When a baby, you know, when you w put some keys and dangle it in front of their face, what do they do? They, wanna, they smile, they want to grab it, they want to put it in their mouth. Okay, that's a reflex. So we can't live our lives that way like babies. We see something that we like, we want it. Okay? I, you see a girl that we like, oh, we want it. Or... 
we see some pie. Oh, we want to eat it. No, 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 no. You can't <laughs> see something and react to it. It's a reflex. And so, you know, the grocery stores, they know about this. They put impulse item uh, items in the aisles so that when you walk by, you go, oh, I need some of this. Oh, I need some of that. No, you don't really need that. But it's an impulse buy. You know, you don't need that, that cake. You don't need that pie, you know. Because you know if you take it home, you're going to eat the whole thing. It's an impulse. We, we, we can't do that. We can't see something and say, oh, I like, you know, I, I, I went to a church one time where a girl, this didn't happen just once or twice, many times, a lady would come up to me and say, I think so-and-so should be my husband. I said, well, ma'am, he's already married. I, I don't care. The Lord told me this is my husband. Well, she liked that shiny object. She liked what she saw, but that's not the, you just don't go for what you want and like in your hearts. You have to discern and have a reflective will. That's a second kind of will, a reflective will. This is where a person actually makes a decision based on what is good for them, not merely based on what you desire. So they weigh the pros and the cons, and that's where the decision-making comes in, where you go like, I know I shouldn't, but I want to. I, I want to, but I know I shouldn't. Amen. I know I want to tell that person off, but I know I'm not supposed to. Okay. How many times have you told somebody off and then it later came, came by to bite you? The Apostle Paul knew that scripture or knew that, and he put it in the scripture. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I'm supposed to do, I don't do. It should be reversed. It should be the things that I want to do, I do. The things that I don't want to do, I don't do it. Why? It has to be more than reflective. Because reflective, you're going you're gonna to burn yourself out. You're going to try to do too much willpower. The key is the embodied will, embodied into your spirit. The principles of God have sunk down deep on the inside of you that it automatically happens without you even having to think about it. When someone says something bad to you, you don't replace evil. With evil, what do you do? You replace evil with good. Amen. All right, you guys got it. So it has to be a embedded in you. You shouldn't have to think about it and say, well, let's see. Do I want to be nice or do I not want to be? No, it has to be a part of your thinking on the inside of them. The Bible says it in Hebrews 10, 16. It says, I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds so that they'll want to do and want to obey what I want them to do. So it starts first with loving the Lord with all of your heart. You know, when the Lord touched me as he has touched you, he changes you on the inside. You want to please him so much because of how good he was. I, when I met the Lord, I said, wow, you're so good. You're, you're so loving. And so I started doing that love chapter on 1 Corinthians 13 Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So when someone wrongs you, the automatic embedded will is, I'm just going to put up with it. Amen? So you, you have to, uh, the Bible says that it, it, the Bible, it's, it's like a mirror that you look into. I'm going to try, try and see if I can find that scripture about a mirror, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
Yeah. The mirror says, be doers of the word of God and not hearers only, deceiving your own self, right? It says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, immediately forget what kind of man he is. So, you know, the natural thing is, you go to a mirror, and you look at yourself, ah, I look, well, I need a shave. I need to get a shave, maybe take care of my hair. Okay, good, I, I, I got it. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Okay, I got, I got, you know what I, and then you forget what you look like. Then you go to a business meeting or you go for a job interview, and guess what? You forgot to comb your hair, you forgot to shave, and the person that's interviewing said, have you looked in the mirror? Do you know what you look like? Well, when you go off on people, when you give them a piece of your mind, they're saying, have you looked at yourself? Have you listened to yourself? You know, you, you can't just have these things. You know, the Bible says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. another. And then you go to the market, and you get in line, and the lady behind, in front of you is taking all kinds of time. She's got coupons. She wants to return things. She can't find her exact change. And you go, like, I'm in the uh, speed line here. I'm in the express lane. Could you please hurry up? And the lady's taking forever. Finally, you get up to the, the time when you're supposed to check out. And you tell the lady, the, the uh, cashier, why did you take so long? I'm sitting back. I forgot why I even came in here. Couldn't you just hurry? Can't you hurry things up? You know, and, and then she says, well, okay, sir. And then she would take care of you. And then she gives you the receipt. And you look at the receipt and you go, excuse me, did you overcharge me for that? Looks like you overcharged me. That's on sale. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. And you go, you know, I've just about had it with this store. You know, I don't know what's going on. Can I talk to the manager? Oh, oh you are the manager. Well, how can you be the manager? You can't even manage the check stand. You want to manage the whole store? And then you leave in a huff. And then the next day, your wife says, could you go down to the store and get some? I can't. <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> they know me down there. <laughs> so we have to get that will embedded. How do we do that? By the first thing is be doers of the word and not hearers only. Praise God. So the best way to do that is put God's spirit in you. So when I first learned about the love chapter, I put that in my heart, that I would be a loving person, not in my own strength or my own will, but because God has put it on the inside of me by his spirit. So you take the word of God, you look at it. Okay, this is what it says. Lord, help me. And the Holy Spirit comes and helps you and parts that upon you. And so that you become what the scripture says you're supposed to be. Are we awake out here? Are you excited about that? You mean I can be loving and kind just like the Lord? Yes, you can. Despite what you were, despite what you have been doing, you can be changed. And I know when I started doing this scripture, I know one time I was at the other church and I was locked out of the, the office and the secretary came by, and she saw me, and she said, I just saw such love 
coming out of you. I, it was a frustrating moment, but she says, I saw so much love coming out of you. Amen. Do, do people, <laughs> I don't mean hippie love. I mean real God-spirited love, you know. Can people say that about you? You're just a lovely person. I just love being around you, right? When I needed healing in my body and I needed healing for other people, I started meditating on the healing scriptures and the spirit of uh, healing came upon me. So when I would go to the hospital to pray for people, they'd say, excuse me, doctor, could you help me? I go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor. But I had the wings of healing on the inside of me. Praise God. Then I used to say that utterance, I used to pray this, that utterance would be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So after I said that for about a month, people kept saying, man, you have such boldness when you're preaching. I know, <laughs> it's not me. Utterance is the Holy Spirit, so he has to come in and do those things. So the first thing is you have to be a doer of the word. Put the word of God on the inside of you. Second thing you have to do is you have to hear someone else preach the word of God. With an explanation. You don't know it all. People say, oh, I don't go to church. I just read my Bible at home. Well, you're, you know, being pretty, uh, you know, one-minded because you're the only mind that's reading the Bible. But you have other people that tell you things and encourage you and show you how you can be uh, more victorious. Like I learned something the other day. I didn't know this. You know, the fire that was on the beach that Jesus made for the disciples after he rose from the dead and they, Peter saw him and he jumped out of the boat and he went there and they had the first breakfast that he ever had. A and uh, it was the same fire, only time it was used, the same fire that was there when Peter betrayed Jesus. Same heap of coals it's called. Same fire, why? God was recreating it and trying to get Peter to know that he loves him and he gets a second chance to receive him. And he says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He said it three times. But what, uh, if you look further, and this is something that you hear from preaching, you look it up, that third love was more like, do you like me? In other words, he said, Peter, do you unconditionally agape me? Do you give your whole heart and soul regardless for me? And Peter said, Lord, you know my heart. I don't know. He said, next time, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. I, I don't know if I love you that way. Then finally he said, do you like me? Do you phileo me? Do you want to be my friend? So these are things that we learn when you hear a preacher talk about it. The Bible says, how can you know unless someone preaches it to you? How can you know what's in the Bible? So the third thing you do is the testimony of others. You have to learn how people have actually put the Word of God into practice, into their lives, so that you can learn. Now, I can remember, once upon a time, I was at a church, and the pastor was like an apostle over 30 ch churches in America. And so we have a convention every year, and people from all over the country came. So we get a call from a pastor from Uganda and said, Pastor, I would like to be part of the convention, but I don't have any money. Can you and your convention sponsor me and have me come over? <laughs> Our budget was already at $30,000, okay? This little trip was going to cost us $10,000 because he wanted to go to other churches in America. And so our pastor 
our senior pastor told a staff pastor, tell him, give him a call and tell him, we'd love to have him come, but it's not in our finances right now. Okay. He says, you sure you're going to make the connection? Staff pastor said, yeah, I'll, I'll make the connection. So he calls up, and I don't know what it was. If it was the language or it was the operator with those phone calls uh, overseas. But he tells the pastor, we'd love to have you come, but we don't have the finances this year. You know, if, if we had the finances, we'd love for you to come. Hung up the phone. You know, a lot of static in the background, a lot of kids running around. So a week before the convention, we get a phone call. I think, Marianne, you remember this. The pastor's at the airport. He said, is someone going to come pick me up? We said, what? We looked at the staff pastor. Did you tell him that we don't have the finance? I did. I told him we'd love for him to come. <laughs> he didn't hear the but. We don't have the finances. So what did the senior pastor do? Any thoughts on that? I don't want to ask Brother Ray. I know what he would do. Just leave him there now. <laughs> <laughs> he started laughing. He's laughing. I'm going, what are you laughing? Did you hear what he said? Why are you laughing? I'm responsible for the budget. It's $30,000. You want to tack on another $10,000? How can this be? that you're laughing. And I said, well, if he's laughing, I guess I better laugh too. So we get to the convention, we meet our budget of 30,000, then we're short on Thursday. And so we decided, okay, what we're gonna do is, on Thursday after the morning service, we're gonna have a special offering to cover this pastor and his trip. You all agreed? Yeah, you know, agreement is, is good. When you get come into agreement, things can happen. So we get to the meeting, <laughs> and the pastor is talking about marriage. And so, of course, marriage has a lot of facets to it, a lot of funny things happen, and he's going on, and he's talking, and everybody's interested, everybody's excited, and he's running over. He goes to 12 o'clock, 12.15, 12.30. I'm going, oh, please, can you just stop? And my wife was not helping him any, because he was... <laughs> She was amening at the wrong time. The pastor was saying, you know, your wife, she cooks for you, she cleans for you, she takes care of your babies, you need to pay her. And my wife says, amen, pastor. Preach it. I go, not, shh, quiet, not now, don't just say that. And so uh, he went on to quarter to one. I mean, he, my wife made such an impression on him. Every time he wanted to preach, he said, is your wife going to be there? <laughs> she, she helps me. <laughs> and so he got to quarter to one, and finally we dismissed. But there was 2,000 people there. Now, after everybody dribbled off, it was only 400 people. And I thought to myself, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? Well, someone got up there, and the Spirit of the Lord hit him. And he said, we need to fulfill an obligation of taking care of a, a foreign pastor. So we're going to get together. Guys, we want to have a special offering. Are you ready? It felt like the Gideon 300. And so out of the 400 people we raised, how much you think? $10,000. I 
I said, my Lord, how did this happen? The Spirit of the Lord took over. So every, every convention, we have a little special spot now where we let the Holy Spirit minister to the people to raise up any monies that were short. So what I learned in that is that you can't get upset if people mess up. You, you, you have to believe God for the difference. You know, that's why I believe that... Excuse me, uh, Sully, we're, we're work. Can't you see we're filming here? Bless you, Sully. Bless you, Sully. All right, you can't get upset. <laughs> Those boxes are uh, not going to be used today. They are just separate boxes, and so there's no contamination. And thank you, Sully, for that wonderful display of clumsiness. To make a point, to get your attention, right? When people spill milk, what do you do? You can't cry over spilled milk, right? When your wife runs into the garage, don't worry about it. God will take care of it. Praise the Lord. No reference to my wife. <laughs> so, so how many of you, when things go tragically wrong, do you react in a Bible way or in your own natural way? Think about it. Is it your uh, reaction, initial reaction? What is it? Is it uh, impulse? Is it reflective or is it embedded? And so all you have to do is when you react, go like, hmm, something wrong with me. I'm not trusting the Lord. And I always tell people if you have some bugs, if you're bugged about somebody, there's some bugs in you, right? <laughs> If people are upsetting you, that means there's something not settled in there. Okay, so let's close this with the benefits of uh, letting the Lord change you. You ready? They're good. They're good. You ready? First, because you want to please the Lord. Jesus said, I always do those things that please the Lord. He first loved us, so we're supposed to love him. The Bible says in Romans, oh, man, no, nothing but to love them. I said, oh, I don't owe anybody anything. Yeah, you do, because God's love for you, he wants you to pay, pay that forward and love others. And you want to stay in good graces with the Lord. Amen? The second thing is that he said he will manifest himself to you. In John 14, 21, it says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Isn't that good news? Don't you want God to manifest and be part of your life and be a companion to you? When you do his commandments, he says, I'm going to show up. I'm, I'll, I'll ride with you. Praise God. Third thing is your prayers are readily answered. How many? You don't want to spend days and, and weeks praying, but when you have the Lord by your side, you can pray and he'll He'll answer you. The Bible says in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done of my Father in heaven. If my words abide in you, if you have the love of God, if you have the scriptures, be angry and sin not, all these things. If you're walking into these things, he said, when you pray, you'll have it fast. And the fourth thing is he will guide you into all the truth. Don't you want to have like a compass? like a UPS, to guide and direct you where you're supposed to go. 
Isaiah 30, 21 says, you will, hear, you will hear a word behind you saying, go this way or go that way. Don't turn to the left or don't turn to the right. God will be guiding you. Praise God. Aren't these good benefits? God wants to do that for us. So I've laid out for you a life lesson on how to be a godly person and walk in the things of the Lord. But it's not my lesson. It's actually God's lesson, God's way of reaching us and giving us success in our lives. All you need is desire, dedication, and determination. You don't give up. You have, first, you have to have the desire. I want to be like Christ. You have to have the dedication. I'm going to spend my time listening and watching the word of God. And third is you don't give up. You stay determined. You can't say, oh, I'm just that way. I'm, you know, I'll never be what I'm supposed to be. No, you have to change by the spirit and by the word of God. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your word as it comes to us that we can change. We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We can be uh, metamorphosized, go from a caterpillar to a butterfly, a beautiful butterfly butterfly for you, Lord. And I just thank you that you're changing our hearts to want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. So, Father, I thank you that you touch your people right now. Give them the desire, the dedication, and the determination to do what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Be excited that you can do the things that God, it's exciting to, to do the things that God wants you to do. You, you just get into that flow with him and he just does wonderful things in your life. So you may say, well, I haven't really accepted the Lord out there in uh, uh, Facebook land. You may say, you know, I haven't accepted the Lord. Do you, is there a way that I can have him in my life? Yes, this simple prayer. Are you ready? Just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You might say, well, you know, I need to rededicate. Seems like I've gotten off track. I'm not following the word of God. I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated. You can rededicate yourself by just repeating after me. Say, Father God, I give myself back to you. I ask you to help me be all that you want me to be to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you answered any of those invitations, there's a website that you can go on, newheartforyou slash contact, and just hit that tab, touch it, and, and put your information in. We'll call you, we'll encourage you, we'll lead you in a way that you can be pleasing to the Lord. If you need prayer for anything else, for healing or personal situations, you can call us on the number that's below there. Leave a message and we'll get back to you right away. We're in this together. You've heard that about the COVID, but we're in this life together and God wants us to succeed and sometimes we need to help each other. Amen? Amen. God bless you.
constant in a trial and change. There is one thing that remains, just one thing that remains. Your love never changed, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love, it never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love. Satisfies my soul, and I'll never end. 